welcome back to Lords of Order, a DC's Dr. Fate fan podcast. This is episode 95, and I am your host, Ed Moore. Lords of Order is on Facebook and Google Plus, pages both places, if you want to leave comments. BigTimeNoise.com slash Dr. Fate is the website. On Twitter, you can tweet at Teal, T-E-A-L, Productions, and Dr. Fate Fan Podcast at gmail.com is the new snail mail. All-Star Comics, issue 16, the 1940 volume, cover dated April, May 1943, is our book. Roll Call includes Hawkman, Sandman, Dr. Midnight, Starman, Adam, Spectre, Dr. Fate, Johnny Thunder, and Wonder Woman, Secretary. Now, oddly enough, uh, hers is the only one that has a title. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, Hawkman is the chairman, but it doesn't say that. Honorary members include Superman, The Flash, Batman, and Green Lantern. Our narrator tells us at the bottom of the first art page, Forked tongues of hate weave a web of lies and suspicion around the glorious country that is America. From the rock-bound coast of Maine to the sunny shores of California, from the mighty factories of the Great Lakes region to the cotton fields of the sunny south, the elixir of hate is poured by enemy aliens. Calumnies hypocrisy, deception, all of these and more are the tools of those who serve Adolf Hitler and Hirohitu. Ever on the alert, the Justice Society, known as the Justice Battalion for the duration, rips these shreds of falsehood to ribbons as it gathers once again in defense of the glorious Stars and Stripes. Hawkman is convening a meeting. Um... Explaining a new threat that he has come across. Um, Enemy agents are attempting to spread their seeds of hatred and intolerance throughout the United States. Various members go back and forth a little bit. Then from Hawkman, we get a more pointed, uh, informative speech here. His name is Ernst Bueller. He was called into a conference with the Fuhrer two months ago. Uh, Next panel is a rather comically drawn Fuhrer saying, We must divide and conquer, as we did here in Europe. Fathers must be taught to hate their sons. Brothers must hate their brothers. Work upon class hatred. Make even the poor hate each other. Set Gentile against Jew, Protestant against Catholic. So hate, even among their children." How do you suppose I broke France, used the internal hatreds and fears of the French people to good advantage? Thus, also our own national socialism rose to power in Germany. I gave Germans something to hate. It didn't matter what, but the Jews were a good subject. And Ernst responds, but mein Führer, most Americans do not hate each other. Captain Colin Kelly, who died fighting the Japanese, had for his bombardier Meyer Levin an Irishman and a Jew fighting side by side. Fool, we will make them to hate each other. We are hate experts. I will send eight good agents by submarine to the United States. They know how to stir up hates and dislikes. I will make Americans fight each other. Divided, they will be easy prey. And that's the end of the uh, Hitler vignette. 
back to the Justice Battalion. They're going to break up into separate missions, uh, as we always see in All-Star Comics issues, and go after these eight men with the help of the uh, Junior Justice Society of America. We have a, a picture here where uh, Dr. Fate has the tools having been handed them uh, to him by Hawkman, I believe. As you will be going to different localities, my idea is that the Junior Justice Society, of whom there are now thousands, will be able to help you. As you know, these code cards, certificates, and badges, and we have a, a picture of all those here, have been sent out to American boys and girls all over the country. Those boys and girls will be a big help to those of us who are unfamiliar with the section of the country to which we are going. So they are going to enlist the children. First up, the story just prior to Dr. Fate's story involves the Atom. And we're told deep in the foothills of an eastern state lie the sprawling, immense mines of the Pebble Coal Corporation. Generations of miners have grown up in those hills and worked the mines. Their only dread has been the famous killer mine, whose treacherous formation has taken scores of lives in the past. Now, being here in southern West Virginia, uh, that strikes a particular chord. Uh, it could also be eastern Kentucky, I suppose. It could also be Pennsylvania. Uh, but I prefer to think that they're talking about my home state. Sorry about that. My home area. <clears throat> and that's cool that... Uh, the importance of coal country to World War II, um, as identified by folks writing in 1943, uh, is is pretty known. Um, I think our place as coal producer in history, uh, the importance to this country has been lost recently by all those who want to uh, bitch and whine and moan and find something wrong with everything targeting the coal industry um, perhaps more so than, than is necessary um, my neighbors my family have all felt the brunt of that um, we don't need other people telling us anything that the market isn't already telling us um, they just make it that much harder to break away from what has been a multi-generational um, work opportunity. And with uh, this is from the people. Now, I will say that the people in my state of West Virginia that make the decisions uh, haven't made decisions for the working people of the state. They have made decisions for their pockets and for the uh, proprietors of the mine's pockets. And so my state has been left uh, economically bereft as the general trend away from coal with the desperate clutching and grabbings of these coal companies to make money um, put m puts money in the pocket of the people that makes decisions, and so they make decisions improperly. They're supporting a business base that is dying, um, as most business bases will do eventually. 
times change, people change, uh, but they are not steering the state away from those decisions. They are just latching on tighter and tighter so that as that business goes farther and farther under, it pulls this wonderful state and these beautiful people farther and farther down with it. And that is just very disheartening um, cycle after cycle of decision makers to see the same types of people come into power and make the same decisions, which then uh, accrues the same results for the people in this state. And uh, as I mentioned, Eastern Kentucky um, and those parts of Pennsylvania that were have not already broken away from that horrible cycle and are moving on. But that's neither here nor there. Sorry about that. Dr. Fate, uh, narrator, tells us, why did people who'd ordinarily laugh at fortune tellers become deadly serious at the mere mention of a man who called himself Mr. Fortune? The answer to this puzzling paradox was locked in the nimble brain of Dr. Fate, and the explanation was described by a combination of hair-trigger thinking and thundering fists. We see that a fortune teller, uh, Mr. Fortune, is in a hospital talking with a young boy whose brother was recently struck by a car. As was foretold to the younger brother by Mr. Fortune. Now Mr. Fortune has stopped by and is giving the younger brother to give to his family money to pay for the injuries of his older brother. Uh, We then see that... Uh, the brothers, uh, Jimmy and Eddie, and we don't see a last name, or at least I don't, anywhere, Uh, their father, who is a businessman, uh, his store has been robbed. And Mr. Fortune comes and to help with um, tiding over until, you know, he can get back on his feet, he gives the the man Eddie's... uh, Eddie's father, hmm, that's pretty funny, uh, Eddie's father, a check to, um, as I said, tide him over. Later that night, we see a congregation of people who are meeting to hear what Mr. Fortune has to possibly prognosticate, but more than likely to speechify to them about uh, a, a wider scope, wider ranging kind of fortune. Uh, as he's been doing individually, he has now gathered the town to speak to them as a group communally. And as he does, he tells them, my friends, I also predict that Hitler will have more and greater victories. Nothing can stop him. So my first bit of advice is that you shouldn't spend money on war bonds or stamps, but you should buy great quantities of sugar and all other rationed items you can get and hoard them. Hoard them against your helpless future. We see that Dr. Fate is watching through his crystal ball, this speechifying. He comes in and says, good thing I heard you, you glib-talking Nazi rat. Foolish spending of money is what the government doesn't want, for that will bring on inflation, win or lose. Dr. Fate, Fortune screams. That's right, and I've come to determine your fate. You're asking for it, snooper, Fortune says as he pulls out a gun. Dr. Fate magnetizes the gun, grabbing it uh, magnetically and slinging it back up at Mr. Fortune, knocking him in the head with the pistol, probably unconscious because we don't see him. The crowd then jumps in. 
one screaming Dr. Fate ain't no hero. He's against us. Get him, another uh, screams out as the crowd rushes the stage to get Dr. Fate. And Dr. Fate feels that it is now in his best interest to, as they would say back then, beat feet. And he runs out a window. And just as he runs out a window, um, two kids see him, the two representatives of the Junior Justice Society that we will see in our story. And some of the audience people run up to the window screaming out, he beat up Mr. Fortune. And one of the boys said, that means Dr. Fate's against good advice and Americanism. (laughs) Such broad generalities. I love it. Um, And the other says, oh, golly, that's terrible. So later the two boys meet to determine what they are going to do to get Dr. Fate. But Dr. Fate breaks in on them because he is supposed to enlist the aid of junior society members, and he knows that these two are. He says, when I flew out the window, I overheard you boys mention the Justice Society and followed you. Can't anyone realize that Mr. Fortune spreads Nazi doctrines and that his appeal to American patriotism is false? And the boys give examples. But but he helped cure my brother, paid for the doctor and everything. He protected my pop. Um, he, he predicted, excuse me, he predicted my pop would be left money. And it was true. And Fate says, but don't you see why? It was his way of getting everyone to listen to him, believe in him, then spring on his li- springing his lies on you and your folks. Huh. Suppose I take you and prove to you that Mr. Fortune is a Nazi spy. And one of the boys says, you mean you'll take us with you? Oh, boy. So he flies the two boys back over to the building where the meeting was set up. And we see Mr. Fortune cracking open his crystal ball and reaching in to grab the microphone of a communication rig of some sort. And he starts in, Agent X2356 calling Berlin, calling Berlin, come in Berlin, come in Berlin. And Fate says, do you recognize Mr. Fortune's voice? And the boys are like, yeah, that's him. Fate yells out, let's go Americans. Yeah, man, screams one of the little, or yells one of the little boys as they run through the window that Fate broke out when he escaped. So Fate starts assaulting the two, uh, the two henchmen that are with Mr. Fortune. Just as Mr. Fortune is about to get the drop on Dr. Fate and hit him in the back of the head, the two boys jump and tackle him. They get to looking around and one says, hey, look at this. It proves that all Mr. Fortune's prophecies were phony. Let's see that, Dr. Fate says. Your brother was given money to recover from an auto accident, Jimmy. According to this diary, Mr. Fortune caused that accident. And the money your dad inherited, Eddie, it was the money Mr. Fortune stole from your dad's store. Gosh, says one of the boys. So everyone goes outside, Fate with the captured Nazi agent and the henchman. Uh, Mr. Fortune is one of the eight Nazis sent to America. In front of the now-gathering crowd, the boys stand up for Dr. Fate and explain to them everything they have found, present them with the evidence. Dr. Fate leaves, leaving the now-bound Mr. Fortune with the crowd. All right, the end of the Johnny Thunder story, which Johnny Thunder story is almost always the one right before the closing uh, bracket, the the culmination aspect of the story. At the end of his 
little adventure, we see someone that comes up and says, uh, Mr. Thunder, my theater is having a big war bond sales rally in a few minutes. I was uh, wondering if you and your Thunderbolt... Johnny Thunder says, sure. Then we see, at the Elite Motion Picture Palace, on stage with Johnny Thunder and the theater manager, all of the Justice Society members show up. Uh, Much speechifying with uh, Sandman, or not Sandman, Hawkman here, excuse me. We see excerpts from a miner, a farmer, someone who works machinery, some soldiers, a gentleman of color who is working in a uh, smelting facility of some sort, a forge of some sort. We see women, both in uniform and out of uniform. We have a housewife cooking, a grandmother, children, regular people, business people um, all working here. And then the final uh, little speech here is by everybody that has been pictured all together, heroes and regular people of all shapes and sizes. And they are saying, we're all Americans, regardless of race or religion. Some of us were born in America, some in Europe, some in Asia, some in Africa. But now we're here and we shall fight on until the evil forces that have disrupted our homes and lives and spread a pall of smoke and flame and blood across the lands of the United Nations shall perish forever from this earth. And so the issue ends with probably, or not with, but having been probably the most um, obvious pro-war attempt uh, of the book so far. Uh, I don't remember anything being as pro-war and as pro-do-your-part as this issue is. The beginning to middle of 1943, April, May, yeah, so it's almost halfway through 1943. So the U.S. is feeling the need to double down on helping and probably has approached these media companies to do so as well and they have they have accepted the challenge the gauntlet as it were all right guys that's it for all-star comics next episode will be more fun comics the 1936 volume issue 91 talk to you guys next time ciao lords of order is a teal production and as such is licensed under a creative commons attribution non-commercial, non-derivative 3.0 unported license.